Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Can I suggest you shut up and show more football? Come on, come on. Figure, figure. We've done that f- thing. Can we not knock it? I am flabbergasted. I wouldn't even let him on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. When the seagulls follow the troll, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. I understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he was a great player. Yes, he was a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a magician. My name is Richard Keyes and 3,500 miles from home, for a very good reason, is Andrew Mullen Gray. I've just told Luis, our technician, Andy, there's a delay on this. And there we have the... Anyway, we'll do our best. Uh, You're listening to Keys and Grey, the podcast, as I often say at this time, Andy. What what do I often say at this time? Uh, Luis, what the hell are you doing? Sort (laughs) it. Other than that, I normally say it's great to have you with us, wherever in the world it is that you are listening. New listeners are joining us all the time. Uh, Now you found us, do please tell your mates. You can get to us at Keys and Grey, uh, Keys and Grey, I have to get this right, at Keys and Grey Pod, at Keys and Grey Pod. Anything you would wish to discuss, uh, any thoughts you have on what you've been hearing or might hear today, do please let us know. Uh, There is a an enormous uh, a library um, of, of previous guests that have joined us, uh, the likes of Martin O'Neill and Gianfranco Zola, uh, David Platt, take your pick, Joey Barton. Uh, they are all there uh, for your entertainment. Uh, no Nigel de Jong today, I should say that yeah. before we go any further. He is, Andy, uh, you, you're sat in Scotland. And, and, uh, Nigel's, <laughs> Nigel's in Geneva finishing a UEFA, uh, I think UEFA, uh, maybe, maybe FIFA, ah. FIFA course, on football management. He's uh, decided to be new Edwin van der Sar. <laughs> well, Hadley, listen, if you do if you qualified a bit earlier, they might have got the Rangers job. <laughs> so No no body? no, he doesn't want no, he doesn't want to be in management per se. He wants to be 
in sports management, well, club you? management, which is where I think all the wise guys uh, are going these days because that's where there's less pressure. That's where you have a longer shelf life and that's where you can make decisions about employing the likes uh, of Gerard and Van Bronckhurst. So I think he's very yeah. bright. I yeah. mean, it's a smart move, but he will be back with Got us you. next week. Our guest today, actually, also very current. Andy and I first met him when we were in Poland covering the Euros for Talk Sport. Uh, yeah. The Dutch journalist Marcel van der Kran, who is um, he's full of great stories, first of all, I would say. Uh, but this week, Andy can talk to us about uh, Gio van Bronckhorst, um, about the problems that the Dutch have had qualifying yeah. for the World Cup, uh, more specifically about Louis van Genius's yeah. problems. Poor fella, fell off his bike. Um, so there's plenty, to, plenty to go. Well, there's no surprise there. Come on. <laughs> And Marcel you know, does. The only surprise there is he hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Marcel does have a very different and interesting take on world events. So, where to start this week? I, I, I can't. First of all, you're in Scotland for what reason? You've stayed on for an extra forty-eight oh, hours. No, no, Keith. Let me let me tell you where to start. I was uh, I arrived back up here in Scotland uh, last night, late last night, and my brother picked me up and brought me home to his place where I've stayed tonight last night. Now, I was telling him about her widely listened to, hugely popular podcast. Yes. And he's going, well, what, what's that? I said, I said, Willie, we were talking about you the other week. He went, what? I said, yeah, we talked about you. I said, I told the world about how you put the U-bend in so we got gas for nothing. And <laughs> he went, he went, Ashton, he went action and said, well, well, and he's looking out the window saying, well, people are going to come in here again. And then, and then, uh, listen, Dickie, it's best, better than that. He then told me he used to do the same with the electricity meter as well. So, well, What's the address, Andy? I'll let the authorities know. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Surely he's, he's now, now gone down to the shops with a disguise on. He's got the glasses and the fake moustache. <laughs> It was a long time ago. I, I, I'm sure there'll, there'll be there'll be something to cover that. Don't don't worry, Willie. Anyway, I'm glad he's enjoyed the podcast. That's more my concern. Is he not bothering to listen? No, he hasn't bloody listened to it yet. That's why I'm stadium. He can do one. To get on, and uh, I played. We actually, I actually played him that one where he was mentioned and he's sitting there all, all puffed up oh Willie Gray yeah got mentioned next minute yeah he put the U-bend in and then he, he then we had to get the meter out he's like what you can't tell people that all I will say Willie is you weren't alone that, that, if they come after you there's yeah, an awful lot more going to be in that same queue trust uh, me uh, anyway we laugh Andy but the reason yeah. you're there is a, a, a very important one yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, the the horrific, sad news of uh, Walter Smith's passing. Um, uh, the family obviously had a private uh, family and friends only. Um, uh, what was he burial? But um, yeah, I guess so. Uh, for Walter, some time ago, about a week ago, and such is the clamour for people who want to pay their respects to Walter, who knew him. Uh, Richard, that they're having a, a memorial service at Glasgow Cathedral uh, this morning. Um, what are we, quarter to nine here in Glasgow at 
So I'm going to head to Ibrooks in about an hour and a half mm. and then on to Glasgow Cathedral from there at one o'clock where the memorial service will take place. Um, so again, such is a clamour and I feel quite honoured that, that it's by invitation only because too many people wanted to come. Uh, so that that's what's happening today. Um, I will see lots of old friends, but sadly in terrible circumstances. Yes, um, I, but, I, I I agree. But these I occasions, and they often do. Um, they they I, I, were Walter able to attend. I'm sure he'd be saying, "Come, on, let's have a let's have a drink and a chuckle." Um, and 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 yes, it is a yeah, it, it is an event for for respects to be paid before that. Uh, today being Friday when we generally record. But uh, take my best wishes too, please, my friend. But yeah. um, uh, don't let it I be will. too serious because he would not want that. Uh, as those who knew him well know, he had a very good sense no, of humour. He had a right. very good sense of humour. Um, yeah, staying right. in Scotland, <laughs> what did you make of Stephen Gerrard's departure from Rangers? Well, um, I did a piece in the, uh, as my mother would always say, if it's in the Daily Record, it must be true. Mm. Well, it certainly was um, when it, they were reporting yeah. uh, misdemeanours on behalf of the former Scotland and Wolverhampton Wanderers centre forward. Yes, I understand what she was saying. <laughs> no, <laughs> bless her. Uh, no, I, I think that from what I gather, and, and, and it's how I felt at the time, and I think because, you know, having, having spent most of my career in England, I think what people up here have, and Rangers fans, the majority, and I say the majority, Keezy, because you know there's always one or two who will, will, will take the, the, the opposite view. I think they won. Uh, thank Stephen for what he did. He was given a remit when he came to Ibrooks. Stephen almost not even an, un, an unwritten remit. You have to stop Celtic winning 10 in a row and it would be great by doing that if you can win their 55th title which makes Rangers the most successful club in the world. 55th and title? He did that. He accomplished that last season. 55th, yes. Oh. Don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> You know you will only upset us Rangers fans if you go down that route. Now, I, I, on, I'm not close enough to it to have any... Don't there. I, 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 okay. Right. All right. I'm going to my brother. Willie. Right. So, I'm going to get Willie in the minute if you don't behave yourself. So, okay. <laughs> you've got the 55th title. Yeah. So, I think what, what, what most Rangers fans say is, is, is thank you, Stephen. What the what the the unanimous thing is the time isn't brilliant. It's in the middle of a season, not even the middle of a season. Third over the way into a big season, hugely important games coming up, and Stephen had to go. But as I as I said, you, there is no perfect time to leave. Uh, Brendan Rodgers found that out when he left Celtic uh, some years ago. He got to Leicester, uh, and I I know Aston Villa, and I know what a fantastic club it is. I know what ambitious club it is and I'm not saying my Rangers team isn't but they have the money to back that ambition and I think they're playing in the biggest league in the world the best league in the world and I think Steven Gerrard thought this is too good an opportunity to turn down and I understand why he left and I think most Rangers fans do mm. not that Rangers aren't a massive club they are huge bigger than Villa. yes absolutely but they're not playing in the biggest league and I think that was a huge influence. Plus, Steve Stevens' family still live in Liverpool. Well, they shouldn't. Um, that obviously was a was a problem. 
Hmm. Well, and I think that perhaps, happened perhaps they should have been living in Glasgow, said. Andy. We, okay. we, you, you, you and I have had this conversation many times about clubs moving training centres, yeah. and, and you've argued that you need to be based in the city to understand the city and be committed to the football club. Well, I think Stephen yeah. wasn't necessarily that, and he's not alone. Um, but I do, I, I do think that that is a requirement of senior management at a football club. And all of the above, I would have expected you to say, and I agree with entirely. My problem is the manner in which he left. The first that his players knew about it officially was when he was stood holding an Aston Villa jersey. And that also was the first time Rangers fans were aware that he'd gone. Now, I think that, that it is understandable he wanted to take the offer. But I think had he said to Villa, look, I'm, I'm in, I'm committed, I'm done. But I need to go back and do this properly. I need to go back and explain to people why. And I need to go back to thank those who have been on my team, in my team, over the last mm-hmm. three years. Yeah, yeah. And had, that, had, had he done that, I think there would have been even more understanding. I thought it was poor. I used the frame skulking away like a thief in the night. I think he did, Andy. Yeah, I understand because it's Villa, you're also compromised, but... Um, I think it was poor, the manner in which he left. I would also add this, and I'll be interested in your thoughts. Um, I I keep reading it's a gamble on his part. I I don't see it as a gamble on his part at all. I see it as a gamble on Aston Villa's part because he is an unproven entity in the Premier League. And I I, I do draw comparisons between the last man to leave Rangers in these circumstances, who came south to prove that he could cut it in, in the big league, and he didn't. And, and that was Graham Souness. And, and I think Stephen Gerrard has got an awful lot to prove. And I, with Villa in the position that they are, it's OK coming in talking about banning ketchup. But there's a lot more work to do than that, isn't there? <laughs> oh, there is. Oh, by the way, I can offer you another one. Uh, the, the man that I'm going to pay my respects to also left Rangers, came south to manage Everton for four years. Yeah, but different, Walter Andy. I, I think I, I, I'd thought about that, of course, but I think yeah. it was different with Walter. Oh, you're talking it, it, high profile. I'm talking high profile, yeah. left in, with, with expectation and, and football club. And, and forgive me, but, but at that time, Everton were really struggling when Walter took charge. His, his job was saved yeah, to keep were. them up. You know, Stephen, Stephen's talking about yeah. Champions League places and a title. Well, the Venkies did that when they came to Blackburn. You know, it's easy to do that. I, I see this as a gamble on Villa's part. I really do. I think he's got, I, I repeat, a huge amount to prove. Do you concur? Okay, listen, i tell you what, uh, do you agree with me that, that a comparison, right? Let me try and throw you a comparison as to whether that's the same sort of thing, right? Frank Lampard mm. went to a club not in the Premier League, Derby County, cut his teeth there, so we thought, at Derby. Everyone thought brilliant. Went to Chelsea, never quite happened. Do you see it along the same lines as that? Yes, yes, I do. I, I, that, that's what I'm saying. I, 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 mean, I mean, everything I've read this week suggests that Stevens just got to turn up. Everybody's going to be a better player, and Villa will 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 take a Champions League place this season. Well, I, I don't see it like that. Um, and again, he won't. He won't. No. You know, he won't commit to living in and around Birmingham. I, I just think back to another generation. I said to you the other day when you left Villa, uh, Villa, when you left Villa. To sign for Wolves, what's that? Fifteen miles between the two clubs. Yes, you moved house, so yep. you could you could go and be part of of what was happening in Wolverhampton. Correct. Well, yeah, correct. correct. You know, I, I, I know the life of a footballer no, is, but, yeah, is, I, I, is is different, but if he's committed to Villa as he says he is, well, show it. 
yeah. But you know what it's like these days, Keezy. The players in my day when I moved, I had to move house, lock, stock, and barrel. But what the players do these days is say, where, where will I be playing? I've been playing in Manchester. Okay, I'll just keep my house and uh, off the lay wedge. I'll keep my house there, and then I'll move down to Birmingham, and I'll buy another. I'll buy another house down there. And then and when I leave that, I'll probably keep that and move somewhere else to London and buy another house there. That's the difference. Yeah, but then, then they don't have to move they, anywhere. They don't. But if, if they actually don't commit, Andy, then you end up with a situation, as was the case at Rangers, where regularly yeah. Sunday yeah. and Monday are, are days off in order that the gaff can go home for 48 hours. We well, can't run a football club like that. that, that, oh, that oh, let me ask you. Let me ask you then. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this then. So you've, you've watched this Stephen Gerrard move develop. You've watched Rangers. Sadly, lose him. Uh, Villa happily get him. Um, do you think he has got it in him to make Villa a success? Go on, from I, what you've seen so far. I think Aston Villa, and, and, and I have seen, and we, we have watched from, from Martin O'Neill and, and prior to, um, a whole host of different individuals go in there with the same ambitions and come up very, very short. Um you know, of Christian yeah. Burslow, who I was yeah. just discussing that, 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 that those who take the sporting, the sporting management role in a football club. I mean, what 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 have they spent to to, to be what sixteenth in the Premier League at the minute? Two hundred and fifty mil. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I Aston Villa should be should be, and we've said this since nineteen ninety two, should be one of the top six clubs yeah. in England, in my view, and they're nowhere they near should. it. And, and maybe and Stephen's the answer, but. I have seen an awful lot of people go in there, as I say, with that same ambition, and it hasn't happened. Now, why? I don't know. Yeah. But it, it hasn't previously. So I do wish him well. And Gary Mack, who's a very good friend of ours, and, and you know he knows the club well. He knows it very yeah, well. Yeah. You know, they've got Georgie Bertang there looking after the 23s. So it's a club where... We're we're very close too, but well, I like I, the first thing I'd do. I'd get rid of him. <laughs> first thing I'd do is get rid of Boateng. Honestly, you know I mean, <laughs> he would say, "Andy, Georgie B will be straight on the phone any minute." But I, I I do I do wish him well. But as I say, I I, I think the hysteria and and the suggestion that it, and he's denied it. Of course, he's got to and and, and will, but. Were, were the Liverpool job to come up, he'd be out of Villa in six months if if if, if that were to be the case. Um, it, but but yeah, but yeah. I, I, I'm I'm not no, convinced. No no no, that's just not a stepping stone. Ah, Take that back. Ah right, okay. that's just not a stepping stone. Right. to Liverpool. Okay. Take that back. Right. And Gio van Bronckhorst, right. we can talk right. to Marcel more about him shortly. But uh, Gianni van Bronckhorst of yeah. Rangers chosen well. Oh, do you know what? Uh, Richard, I, I, when I got back up, I mean, I've been in England for for a bit the last week when I've come back up to Glasgow last night. But uh, everything I gather, uh, everyone I speak to, um, connected with Rangers and and, and fans, uh, they could not go, they could not have gotten a better person on the face of it than than Gio, an ex-player, successful ex-player, uh, a successful manager who a bit like Fergie in Scotland, uh, who bloodied the nose of the big two. Uh, Gio did the same in the Eredivisie. He bloodied the nose of the big two and, and, and won a title when no one expected him to, mm. which takes a bit of doing. Um, and, you know, I think that everyone, I haven't, I haven't heard a negative word about the appointment yet. Um, and it'll be interesting when I see most of the, the, the guys today 
uh, how they feel about it. But everyone is hugely positive, Richard. Um, they're delighted that he has come. He, they feel that he's one of us. And listen, the proof of the pudding will be what he delivers. Mm. But I, I think it's a case of there are so many people who they could have appointed and people would have gone, oh, yeah, no, no, oh, we'll miss Stevie G. But everyone's now talking so positively about uh, uh, Giovan Bronkhurst. It's, it's amazing. I haven't heard a dissenting word about his appointment at all, and that's really unusual. I have to say, I think it's really good, uh, the timing, Andy, that uh, uh, Stephen had done his job. Um, I, yeah. I was surprised he didn't walk in the summer. That was the time, really, for me. Um, and, and then everybody had an opportunity to reassess, uh, hanging on. Um, I, I don't know what else he could do with Rangers. But, but anyway, I do wish Gio all the best. And no. th- this is, before we leave your former playing colleagues, got to mention this, um, Gary Stevens um, has lost his lad, uh, sadly, oh, God. four-year-old oh, God. Jack. Um, oh, yeah. He's lost his battle oh. with leukaemia. Everton, everybody yeah. at Everton knew this story very well. They'd, they'd opened up recently and had yeah. swallowing events hosted by a blood cancer charity as they looked to find potential matches for this poor young lad. But um, yeah. sadly, he's lost his battle. And yeah. um, um, uh, Gary now lives in Australia, as we know. And, and I think you more than me would wish to send That's him right. um, your best and our best wishes, Andy. It's a terrible, terrible outcome. It's a shocker, Richard. Uh, I mean, I've been in contact with Gary over the last couple of years. Um, Well, his son has been, Jack, has been battling us and him and his wife, Louise, Gary and his wife, Louise, um, have had to try and cope with it. And when I I got the notice yesterday that Jack had lost his battle, uh, it's tragic, Uh, tragic. And I sent sent Gary a quick text. And and I just, you know, what, what, what can you say? What can you say someday? Um, who's just lost a son of four years of age? Nothing. Horrendous. Except, you know, our thoughts, prayers mm. uh, with Gary, Louise, the family. It's, it's absolutely devastating. Uh, on another matter, I, I know you're a big fan of, of, of the search for small margins because they can make such a difference in football. This may not have come to your attention, but before we join uh, Marcel, I just wanted to run this <laughs> past you. Uh, two Liverpool goals that stunned Atletico Madrid last week uh, may have been scored at Anfield, but they were honed in the USA. This from Mark Jones in the Daily Mirror of last week. Trent Alexander-Arnold, the architect of both, has been working with an American-based expert on uh, well, what do you think? What do you think he's been working on? You have one guess, one opportunity to get this right. No, we'll be here all day. Uh, vision, vision training. Uh, Dr. Daniel Laby, Director of Sports and Performance, Vision Sports uh, New York, has spent more than three decades <laughs> working with some of the U.S. sports' biggest franchises, including the Dodgers and the two Boston teams. Um He's now having an impact here. Yes, and I don't know if this is a pun on on uh, Trent's part. Yes, I'm seeing the benefits, said Alexander Arnold. I don't know whether I'm seeing things that I wouldn't usually see because no situation is the same in any game, so there's no test for that. But I've learned to trust my vision a yeah. lot more with what I see before I hit it. A video came out about the way I looked into the box a couple of times before I crossed for Jota, who got the opener against Atletico. And it's just about those split seconds, he says. I'm trusting that I'm making the right decision and then executing that action. Now, again, I, I listen, there may be some benefit to this, but but my recollection is that, and, and I think he's done it more often than not, you, you'll have a look and, and see what your options are, but, but more often you'll just throw one in, won't you, with... with hopefully your intended target, the beneficiary. I don't think you, you're, you're actually looking, are you, at that point? 
Do you know what, Richard? I was taught from the age of 17, and that's quite a few years ago, by the late, great Jim McLean. And every player I know who's played football has been told this. And the words they used back then, which I've obviously dated, is that you have a picture. Mm. You have a picture. That means, like, somebody like, let's say a midfield player like Graham Souness, I'm talking about Liverpool, one of the best ever. One of the best ever. When the ball would arrive at Graham's feet, he would already have had a picture of what's around him. He will know which player stood where, there, 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 right? And then he will please pass accordingly. I, as a, as a, as a centre forward, would have a picture of, before the ball came to me of what was around me and where my players were so that you could play it one touch, two touch. Now, Craig Alexander-Arnold for the last three years, I'm guessing, three years, maybe, maybe longer, mm. has been arguably one of the best suppliers of, of goals and chances for Liverpool than any other. Maybe Andy Robertson on the other side the same. So, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm not buying into all this. I'm, I'm telling you now. I, I understand that the, that the small percentages can help you. Uh, don't tell me that this company have shown Trent Alexander-Arnold a picture that he's never seen before on a football pitch. I ain't having it. I'm not buying into it. Get real. You, you Trent st- Alexander-Arnold is an international fullback who creates chances for people because half the time he plays it without looking. Yes, you have to. But an awful lot of the time he has a picture of what he's delivering. Get off. Yeah. You you started that answer quite thoughtfully, and I knew it would end. Yeah. Up, I knew it would end I up did. where it did. That you were going to be more and more angry. Oh come on, Keezy! Come on, come on, come on! Listen, I mean, oh, I was seventeen. A long, many, many years ago, Jim McLean used to talk about having a picture. Yes. I mean, come on. Well, uh, to be These fair, guys reinvent the wheel. I and mean, then Kenny Dalglish told me and you one time, you can't reinvent the wheel in football. Well, no, you can't. But you can, you can, you can put a different hubcap on it. You can make it look slightly different. It's still going to be round, yeah. but it it, it, yeah. it it can look slightly yeah. different to the guy in the car next to you, can't it? Really, really. <laughs> Oh, I'm not, no, I'm sorry. Come on. Like, get, get, get Marcel on, yes, for God's sake. I think so. It's time to talk to Marcel van der Kran, um, <laughs> Dutch football journalist, uh, a favourite at TalkSport. Uh, we've, we've borrowed him this morning. Um, let, 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 let's, uh, let, let's make the call, Andy. So, um, M- Marcel, good morning to you. Now, um, I've been pre- Andy. You know that, that between us, we've got a smattering of Dutch. Let, let me see how this goes, okay, Marcel? Are you are you with us? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, let yes. me tell you a yes. little bit about Marcel van der Kran, Chef Sport de Telegraph. Yes. Twee dagen is hij van een skivakanti in het Oosterische Iski als Marcel van der Kran, fifty-seven. Chef Sport van de Telegraph, plot sailing goods kriegt. And then it says Corona, which, which means what? I guess that he's had COVID. Uh, 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 any good, yeah. Marcel, or not? Mark's out of 10. Um, four. It's good if I know the story <laughs> and I know the word Corona. <laughs> Otherwise, I thought, I've, I've, I actually thought it was Andy talking in Scottish. <laughs> 
What a language it is. No wonder they talk about double Dutch. Mm. None of it. None of it makes any sense. None of it. I don't know how you guys can converse with each other. Well, we don't. We're really, we, we, we just fight, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> we don't always have discussion. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> and I guess the fighting would have been fairly long and uh, voices quite loud had you not qualified this week for the World Cup. That was a little nip and tuck, wasn't it? A little dangerous at one point. Well, this was the, one of the most crazy weeks. But, you know, when Louis van Gaal is in charge, you always get crazy weeks. And uh, really, it was uh, a pandemonium, which we'd not seen probably for a year or so, when uh, we sacked Frank de Boer because everything went pear-shaped in the European Championships. But here comes big Louis. I'll make it right. Uh, I'll, I'll get this team going. They trust me. Well, it was an absolute shambles in, in the end. I mean... Fancy going to the World Cup, having to qualify with a, a national coach in a wheelchair um, who, looked, who looked like a comedy character from one of our Dutch soap series where you see a guy who's, who's an old pensioner uh, along the train track where they fear that he crashes on the train track and he can't stop himself. Well, and this was more or less how it was this week with Louis van Gaal. Uh, they didn't know how to push him on the pitch. Um, what he going to was he, was he going to be able to coach the team? So he says, no, you know what? I'll put me in a skybox and I'll coach from there. Well, people took about 200,000 pictures and everybody put a funny headline under it. And, it, you know, coming from sentences like, Truce, his wife, uh, have you got the Brussels on? Uh, have you got a cup of tea for me when I come home? They all thought he was calling his wife. <laughs> you know, it, it, looked, it, looked, it looked so unprofessional, everything. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't a great look. But on the other side, Marcel, fair play to him. He 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 in, injured as a result of a cycling accident, I think, and he turned up. In, in he got you over the line. Got the job. It was late. You left it very very late, but you got there, didn't you? We got there. We're really happy that we are there, and um, we've got one year to build to the World Cup, where we will probably crash out after the first round anyway, because. The fantastic 4-3-3 system, what the, the Dutch like, what the, all the players are brought up with, and which the players have backed Van Gaal to stick with because that's where they feel comfortable in. He has now said, oh no, uh, my system is 5-3-2. That is modern football. I use that everywhere. And he's going to rebuild the team. Well, let's first see if he can rebuild his own hip uh, in, in the next couple of months. But He's going to rebuild the team into a totally different formation, 5-3-2, which nobody likes, which nobody understands, and which we can't play. We're not Italian. We're Dutch. We're attacking. Yeah. I, I mean, Andy, we've, had, we've been through this, haven't we? We've been through this with his predecessor. Um, it, it <laughs> Will he ultimately be able to sell it? Um, the, the players know that he's got authority, and he, he will have talked. He will... Talk to Virgil van Dijk. If Virgil van Dijk says, okay, guys, we, we, we will work with this. If Louis says, uh, we'll, we'll go along with it. But I think it's going to be a very awkward build-up to, uh, to the World Cup. And also, we have to see, is he going to stay that fit to be the coach? I know he thinks he is. Um, but when you're 70 and you fall off your bike at the first hurdle in the, in the Zeister Woods, where the training camp is, I don't know. You, you don't know how he will recover totally. Is, is Fangenius scarred by what happened to him at Manchester United? I think what happened at Manchester United is his big revenge. Um, we would probably never have seen 
Louis back on the wheel. Had this not happened at Man United, he reckoned he could live with it, but uh, uh, he told everybody that he was quitting football forever. He was a, a granddad now, but really, deep down inside, he was full of revenge and he wanted to make sure that his glittering career did not go out the window like that or did not end like that. And I think he was desperate for the first uh, you know, chance to, to grab to become a coach again uh, of Holland. And he even offered himself uh, uh, for this job. And that's how we got in there, because it's a look, if they ring me, I will not say no, I will think about it. Well, <laughs> you know, that, that's typical about genius, yes. <laughs> Marcel, Marcel, let me ask you, Marcel, then. What do you think went wrong at Manchester United for Van Genius? Van Genius. Of course, he was what did not go wrong, right? Uh, um, well, I think one of the first problems for a foreign coach is if you do not understand the culture. Louis thinks he's brilliant in German. We've all seen him jumping on that uh, town hall. Uh, well, yeah. repeated the acts of somebody who we not do to be remembered to in the Second World War. And the Germans were even baffled then. But, you know, that kind of language, <laughs> language and that kind of act, he, he, he can maintain to, to keep going. But when he came to England, the English language, the English culture was so different for him. Also, the football was different for him. People in England do not tolerate a system, and, and this is, his, his main principle in all his football vision IDs, pass the ball around, pass the ball around, pass the ball around. In England, that is not the, the culture of football, especially not no. in the Premier League. It's the highest tempo in the world. It's, it's the most glorious league in the world. People want to be entertained. And Louis says, no, 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 I, I need time for the passing game. Well, at Manchester United, he didn't have time. <laughs> no, no, that, that, that's, that's actually very, that's very true. Very fair. Very yeah, fair. yeah. Uh, what of Van der Beek, um, Marcel? What, what, what on earth did he? What was he thinking when he joined Manchester United? And what is he now? Donny Van der Beek was a, a very great, talented player when he was playing for Ajax, when he pl was playing for Holland, and he's one of many who thrives in a system and a culture where he's brought up in. And not every player, I've often said that when David Klassen went abroad, when all kinds of other players tried their luck in, in the Premier League, you need to have that attitude to play in England. And Donny van der Beek is a very skillful player, um, thinking that at Manchester United he would get his chance just with his skills and it might all work out well in, in Germany or in Spain, but in the Premier League you need something different. And I think if come Christmas, his agent is definitely really trying to get him out because um, the boy is very frustrated. He's a very neat lad. He comes from a lovely family and they've been kind of brought up with the idea that, look, you don't throw your dummy out of the prem, just put your head down. You know, his dad's got a chicken farm and where they get up every morning at five o'clock in the morning and, 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 and get going. And, and that's what Duddy does. But um, I think he, he needs to get out there. Yeah, we've also Marcel, go on, Andy. tell us because we haven't, no, Richard, we haven't, we haven't seen it in, in the Premier League. I mean, how good is Donny van der Beek? Donny van der Beek is a good player, but is he top Premier League? I'm not sure. I did a big interview or a column with okay. Robin Van Persie one and a half years ago, and Robin said he's a great runner. Um, he, he, he's got skills. He's got the sort of Ajax style. 
but Robin says, I've played in the Premier League. You need something extra. The, the Dutch players who really uh-huh. make it have something extra. Arnold Muren, Franz Dyson, Rubanis Roy, you know, Rudy Hullet, uh, from to himself, they have that little bit of extra. Dennis Bergkamp and Dennis Bergkamp, let's not forget, is the father-in-law of Doddy van der Beek. And maybe Dennis has tried to huh. say to him, stick, stick where you are, but you'll get there. But he, even he can see it's not working out. No, he's got to get out, hasn't he? Uh, on behalf yeah. of Rangers fans, uh, Marcel, yes. uh, Andy and I have been talking about it. What, what, uh, yes. what, what chances do you yes. give Gio van Bronckhorst of success at Ibrox? I think he'll do well. I would be surprised if he doesn't. He's a very calm, composed lad. Um, he learned his trade as an assistant of Ronald Koeman. He's got that same sort of approach. He's not a friend of the players, but um, he, he does know how to man-manage them very well. And he looks a nice lad, but just like Ronald, if it comes to it, he'll clash with him and he'll tell him, right, he'll stamp his authority on him. And um, not all the time he's got a hard-line manager, but we've seen it in Rotterdam when he when he started there, and the big Liverpool legend for you know for the Dutch fans, Dirk Kuyt came back from Liverpool, uh, wasn't happy about certain things, and Gio just took him out of the team, put him on the bench. But in that season, he won the league, and he won the league with good football. So you know, I think that maybe that that sort of example tells you something about his style. Well, we do wish him well. Um, well, I, I, I can honestly say, I, I can also, I can say myself, I, I'm in, I mean, as Richard said, I'm in Glasgow now, and I have to say that the the vast majority of Rangers fans, I think a lot of it to do with Gio, but having been at Ibrox as a, a very successful player, are absolutely delighted that Rangers have managed to get him in. So we, we remain totally optimistic that Gio's going to continue the success that Stephen Gerrard started. Now, Andy, I, I, I said we, we often have a laugh with Marcel. I want to do that. It, it, everybody in football is aware of the 20 questions that footballers often get asked, and the, the answers are ridiculous. Um, uh, I've I found an article here, Marcel, where you've contributed with the boot on the other foot. You're answering the questions, but the same applies. Most memorable match, Andy. You, you, you might agree with this, but he's, he says here, Holland, England, 2-0, De Kuyp Stadium in Rotterdam when Koeman cheated. Uh, that doesn't go down as one of my favourite games, Marcel. <laughs> Fantastic game that was, you know. It was, I think, uh, it had everything in it uh, that game. Uh, I loved it. Well, I, I didn't. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. I thought it was a great game. Yeah. Uh, best stadium, he says. The Allianz in uh, in Germany. Do you have a good reason for that being so? Yeah. Um, I think. Purely, purely as a neutral, uh, fantastic, fantastically built, a great atmosphere, you know, impact of, of the fans there, so close, brilliant. Um, your personal new tech disaster, Andy, we've all had one of these, and, and this this involves somebody we know very well and like. Leaving my phone with 1,200 contacts in football in a Glasgow taxi and no backup on the computer. I still blame <laughs> Keith Jackson for that. He took me to that Glasgow pub five hours earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get it back, Marcel? Uh, no, n- never did, never did. Biggest disaster. And for a while, I, I decided not to go to Glasgow and, and Scotland. Uh, and, and, but, 
you know, I, I've, I've gone back. I've gone back since, and, um, and and I told my wife I'd been in a library, but she didn't believe it. I left <laughs> of course, she library. didn't. You've told her too many times, too many lies down the years. That's why. <laughs> yes. <laughs> most friendly exactly. manager, Andy. Most friendly manager again. The aforementioned Ronald Koeman. Oh, um, is that still the case? No. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, top, top, top class of all the Dutch. Uh, I put him top of the list. You know, better than Arenas Michaels, um, better than anyone who I've seen in all those years. Yes. Tactically, uh, man management, and, you know, just ma- many, many good angles on, on his football. You, yeah. so, so his man management is good, because mm. if that's the case, as a Dutchman, I think that makes him unique. That's the one area I think that the Dutch... Yeah, uh, very unique. <laughs> exactly. It's the area where the Dutch tend to struggle a bit, I Marcel, mean, isn't I it? I mean, Richard, there's not, there's not a World Cup when they, the Dutch don't fall out with each other. Come on, let's be here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, he, the guy's got spirit. He's got he's got bravery. I mean, how many how many players have you seen in your Scotland national team or England national team, or, although maybe not having the same sort of history as we have, who wipes his bum with the shirt of Lothar Matthias uh, when you beat him in the semi-final of a big tournament? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, on that, on that subject, best hotel stayed in Sopwell House, where England used to have their base. Uh, the worst, uh, Marcel, what? in Belarus. Now, d- d- do you do you have recollections of why this hotel goes down as the worst that you've ever stayed in? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, you, you you run out of toilet paper, and you have to go down yes. to the end of your uh, your corridor to buy so many sheets of toilet paper in Belarus money, and when you've really got to go, and you haven't got a lot of small cash on you, and only got your credit card, a woman doesn't take credit card, and she says, you want 10 or 20 sheets? I thought, bloody hell. I've got to go, woman. I mean, I was eating Belarus reindeer the night before, so... I have to say, 20 sheets wouldn't do me, Andy. I don't know about you. <laughs> oh, God, for sake. 20 sheets? That's each visit. <laughs> is the best book you've read... I think we're losing listening. <laughs> is the best book you've read, Marcel, still Tony Adams' autobiography? Yes, absolutely. I think such an honest, absolute honest uh, biography. If you're prepared to write all that down about yourself um, with, with graphic detail... Uh, and so honest, being rock bottom, um, I'm so happy he's a giant today. Yeah, well, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And what he's been to and through is is is, uh, oh, is yeah. not something anyone would would you would want to to have to, to to visit. But what he's done for others has been absolutely remarkable. And and the, the last one, Marcel, we were talking recently with Nigel, trying to explain to him first of all who George Best was, but secondly how good he was. Exactly. And, yeah. and the one moment in football that you would put on a DVD is what? Yeah, George Best against Johan Cruyff in the Rotterdam Stadium. Uh, it's, to me, uh, as I described it at the time, it was like watching G- Jesus in football boots. Um, I remember my dad took me to the stadium. We were there and I could not believe what I saw. It, we all grew up with Johan Cruyff, uh, you know, Van Hanneken with some great Dutch players. But that, that was for me a pure genius in the world. Yeah, well, I, 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 I shall have him listen to this ah. when he's back amongst us, Andy, because that, that well, was the by point the way, we were Richard, trying to make, yes, Marcel. I, I, Marcel, thank you. 
Thank you, Marcel, because that fool. I mean, I mean, Nigel was was was, was so convinced he never heard the George Best. Really <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> so, in closing, then, Marcel. Uh, obviously, I'm looking forward to seeing you when you make it to Qatar. I'd like to think we can sit and talk again in person. But you don't hold out too much hope for the Dutch yeah. here, then. No, I'm very reserved. I've seen better uh, squads. I've seen better forwards. I think. Um, the, the Dutch will dig their own, you know, hole again and fall in there in Qatar. And as you know, in, in the desert, there's so much sand to, uh, to dig holes in. So I bet they, they find one at the first spot. <laughs> but it's been too long. But I'm really, I'm really glad we've caught up, Marcel. Thank you so much for talking to us. It's been brilliant. Thank you, Marcel. Cheers, guys. Marcel, thank you. That was Marcel van der Kran, Dutch journalist who um, who's a constant source of entertainment, Andy, and few are better placed to, to, to pass judgment on Dutch football. So anyone that's getting yeah. excited about what they can achieve yeah. here in Qatar, uh, forget it on the basis of what he's just said. Um, they, they will do what they always do, it seems, fall out with each other. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There'll be a fight, I'll be in the Dutch camp. That's a fair thing. Uh, well, that's it. Um, our resident Dutchman, Nigel, will be back with us next week. Andy will be back in Qatar. Um, so, uh, yeah, good luck today, Andy. As I said, take my best and... Uh, um, okay, we'll do. Uh, and, uh, I was going to say enjoy, but it's not something you can enjoy, is it, necessarily? But um, um, no. absorb no, and uh, think, think, think long and hard. Yeah. Uh, get in touch with us at Keys and Grey Pod, please. Any thoughts? Um, we're happy to hear them. And uh, now you found us. Tell your mates where we are. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.